0: And on this week's show we have reflections on Senegal's campaign at this year's FIFA World Cup. The Taranga Lions were agonisingly close to making it to the second round and sports journalists in Senegal tell us that they are right behind the team. Also, Stuart gives his thoughts on the pressure on Manchester United manager Jose Mourinho and we go to our archives to an interview with Samuel Osei-Kufour, the former Ghana and Bayern Munich defender, on his humble beginnings in life and how it contrasts with where he is now.
1: I carried a TV on my hair with my mum. We went to some place and give the TV to somebody and get the money so my mum can give me the money to buy a
0: football shoe. That's coming up later, but first the group stage of the CAF Champions League ends this coming Tuesday and there are still three spots in the quarter-finals to be decided. Holders Widad Casablanca of Morocco and al Ahly of Egypt are through after the latest round of games and al Ahly in great form under their new coach Patrice Carteron, the Frenchman. Also through already DR Congo's TP Mazembe and the Tunisian sides Etoile du Sahel and Esperance. 2016 champions Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa play Horoya of Guinea in what's almost a playoff because if Sundowns win, they'll qualify; otherwise, Horoya will progress. Those final group games in the CAF Champions League again are on Tuesday. Well, now let's take you back to the World Cup in Russia where it was the worst ever showing for Africa as it's the first time that with five African teams all have gone out at the group stage. It's Senegal who did best and they only missed out on a place in the round of 16 on the criteria of fair play points as they were level with Japan on points, on goal difference and on goals scored but had accrued more yellow cards. So that was the end of the road for an exciting Senegal team. And Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Bar was in Senegal recently. He got reflections from some sports journalists there in Dakar
2: the expectations were not met uh, and given the the quality of the team, we have all the reasons to be disappointed. But uh, we can say that there is a very bright future for the Senegalist team because there are many young players that can maybe meet our expectations uh, in the future tournaments like the the African Cup of Nations that will be held in Cameroon. So all in all, I think we didn't achieve our goals but the most important is that uh, in the pitch, uh, the, the team performed well and we have all reasons to be satisfied of uh teammates. Um, what lessons were I learned um, uh, during the tournament? To master your fate. When you have the opportunity to qualify to the second round, you have to give yourself the means to achieve this goal. And given what happened uh, in, in the game against Japan, we have all the reasons to nourish some, some regrets regarding the outcome of the game Senegal could have beaten Japan and qualified to the to the second round i think there was a lack of concentration uh, of the team you know uh, throughout the uh, a game the manager um, was recently given a contract extension aliou cisse but um, I follow most of the you know the senegalese press many people are not convinced and he has the capability of coaching a star studded side what, what do you make of cisse and of course senegal going forward I mean, the error was made uh, since the beginning, you know. I mean, they, they, they gave the team to a, to a guy who was not that experimented regarding uh, coaching. But I think since he's learning and he's performing well uh, in the pitch, because, you know, uh, in the past we had many mental problems. Now, that, uh, when it comes to mentality, uh, the team has given, you know, good signs. I think we can, we can trust him and give him another chance to help Senegal achieve its goal of winning the, the, African, the African Cup of Nations. If you,
1: if you watch very closely, you can see that uh, Senegal have not done so bad at the World Cup in Russia. Yes, they could be frustrated or disappointed because they didn't make the, the knockout rounds. Um, but uh, I'm very, uh, very happy that uh, Coach Aliu Siste will be staying so he could continue his, his work, he'll continue building this team. And uh, some players like Sadio Mane, uh, Balde Keita, Mbain uh, Young, also Musa Wage, they are very, very young and I think they can improve
0: and, uh, through their clubs and also through uh, uh, competition together in national team. So those are sports reporters in Dakar in Senegal looking back at the World Cup for the Taranga Lions. Interesting, Solomon, that despite the group stage exit, those reporters sounding pretty positive despite how it turned out uh, for Senegal at the World Cup. Uh, Yes, indeed. There's uh, so many
3: positives to take out from Senegal's participation at the 2018 World Cup in Russia. And Senegal definitely uh, was the theme for me out of the five African teams. They were the ones that came closest to qualifying. And to see the level of play they also played, it's an indication that uh, Senegal have come around the cycle and now we're going to begin to see uh, quite a lot you know uh, about Senegal at the Africa Cup of Nations and also at the
0: World Cup. Well thanks Solomon. I think yes yeah, still plenty of hope for this uh, current uh, Senegal squad because there's so many talented players in there. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show any time. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you've downloaded, you can listen to the show any time on the app and you can access past programmes too in our archive. You can also listen on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com and our Twitter handle is at planetsportfa. And now we turn to social media. Last week we heard from Cameroon where Clarence Sidoff has been appointed the new high-profile coach of the Cameroon national team. Sidoff is a former Real Madrid, AC Milan and Netherlands midfielder. Many fans we heard from are excited about his appointment, but others say it's time for a local coach to be given a chance. So we ask for your thoughts, and on Facebook, Abubakar Oleriwaju Marvellous in Nigeria says local coaches lack the experience to handle any national team. Especially when they meet European teams, they always stumble. I can only advise the football authorities to give local coaches the opportunity to go abroad and to study really well before they can handle national teams, says Abubakar. Musa Gibber in the Gambia says the Cameroon FA should have stuck with Hugo Bruce, a Hugo Bruce the Belgian who won the Nations Cup last year with the Indomitable Lions. On WhatsApp, and Sise in the Gambia says, Yes, I think they should have gone for a local coach. I still don't understand why we Africans don't have confidence in our own people. Look at Europe, for example, says Kuyasan. The top five countries are coached by local coaches, so why not us? And yes, that's a good point there, Kuyasan. Meanwhile, Clement in Ghana says, Well, I think it's about time that some African nations stopped relying on local coaches. Just compare the effective training shown by the Western coaches, many of whom are former players, and their experience is on and off the pitch. I must say that Clarence Seedhoff is an experienced man in football. He'll influence Cameroonian football hugely, says Clement. And Ebrima Fabu-Jame in the Gambia agrees, saying Cameroon going for a high-profile coach is a good move. I'm in support of it, and I'm sure he'll move their football up to another level. Let's get some reaction from Cameroon, and uh, Bime Robertson says, The first thing is that in this country, I don't like the way football issues are handled. There are local coaches who can lead the team to glory. There's no need to get a foreign coach, and then after a year's contract, he's either underpaid or sacked. Local coaches here are more reliable. I think getting huge sums of money to import coaches is not a good idea, says Bime. Hattab in the Gambia agrees, saying yes, they have to give a chance to a local coach because local coaches know the problems of the nation. Establisher Raoul, also in the Gambia, says yes, I believe Cameroon should have gone for a local coach. That would pay dividends for local football. Appointing a local coach is a sign of self-belief. Dan Ogega is in Kenya and Dan says I think it's time a local coach is given a chance. After all, Sidov flopped at AC Milan. We always welcome your voice notes on WhatsApp and from the Gambia, here's Sanusi Mane.
1: My take on this thing is um, it does not matter whether being a local coach or not. What matters is the one who can do the job properly, the one who can do the job correctly. What I believe is, uh, it does not matter whether you are, you, you are a local coach or you are not a local coach or you are a white or black. It does not matter. What matters is can do the actual job. Who can deliver the actual expectation? So actually, when they have people like Sidov, sort of, I believe Sidov sort of, has a coaching experience. So I look forward to seeing him, you know, succeed in his new um, responsibility.
0: Thanks there to Sanusi Mane, a balanced view on the issue. Let's go to Ghana now, and Aparem Bismarck says, In my view, local and former players of a particular team are best suited to being appointed as coaches of the national team because they've experienced playing for the team before, and I think that's the best, says Aparem. And Samba Jawo in the Gambia agrees, saying Sidoff may be a good coach, but he still has a long way to go to prove himself, especially in Europe where he found it hard to deliver. I think they should have gone for a local coach, says Samba, someone who wouldn't find it difficult to adapt to the system and someone who knows the players better. Sidoff is inexperienced in African football. He'll find it difficult to get to know the players quickly and to deliver expectations. Uh, but Mwinga Maimbolua in Zambia believes the Cameroon FA have got it absolutely right. A foreign coach for a top nation like Cameroon is just what's needed if desired results to be obtained, says Mwinga. Cameroon has the daunting task of having to defend their AFCON title, and the addition of Sadorf and Clivert as assistant shows they're not taking things lightly. Meanwhile, Biswek and Jakwa in Malawi makes a good point about the influence of the fans. Sidoff can do the job right if he's given the right support, but when people are saying the best thing was to get a local coach, this can give a doubt from the home fans, who may not give Sidoff the whole support that he needs, says Biswek. And finally, Mamadou Torai in The Gambia says being a local coach or otherwise is not relevant. What's important is that the one who appointed them will wholeheartedly endeavour to bring glory to the nation. Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. So Let's give Solomon the final say here.
3: Yeah, great feedback there. I guess the, there are so many different opinions. And, you know, I want to pick p- on the comment on Facebook by Abubakar marvelous in Nigeria. Fa- the fact that he says that local coaches lack experience to handle any national team, you know, that's quite true. I, I think a lot of them do not have a lot of experience to handle national teams. Exposure is needed, and Abubakar mentioned it there. The thing that some of them are not exposed enough to handle... Big players from Europe, and also to get their tactics right that is very important so it 's not exposure just in in managing players but also in in exposure in 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 tactics. And uh, Mohamedou Tore in the Gambia made a very, very important point also, saying being a local coach or not is not relevant. What is important is the one who is appointed will wholeheartedly endeavor to bring, uh, you know, national glory to the team. We have to look for the best candidate, and I'm sure that's what uh, Mohamedou is trying to say. You know, who is the best candidate? Is the best candidate a local coach? Or is the best candidate uh, an international coach? And so, whoever is appointed, you know, we sometimes we have to trust the FA that whoever is appointed is the best coach, and we. We are really there to give him uh, the best uh, support from the football fans and also football administrators.
0: Well, thanks, Solomon. A really interesting debate, that one. And this week on Facebook and on WhatsApp, we're asking, is it time for Mourinho to go? Uh, Manchester United fans were disappointed with the 3-2 loss to Brighton last weekend. Uh, Some are calling for manager Jose Mourinho to go. There's criticism of the way that his team is playing. So what do you think? Is it time for Mourinho to leave or will things work out for Man United? You can go to our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, let's put that question to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. Uh, certainly, Stuart, Mourinho came in for plenty of criticism after that defeat to Brighton, but uh, is it justified? Steve, when you think that last season Manchester United finished
4: second in the Premier League, reached the FA Cup final and the knockout stage of the Champions League, it seems a very strange question indeed. You know, there are 92 professional clubs in England, and last year 90 of them finished below Manchester United. But there are several reasons why the future of Jose Mourinho is being questioned at the moment. And a lot of it has to do with the way Manchester United are playing. Alex Ferguson's teams used to play attacking, attractive football. United under Mourinho, at best, grind out victories based on negative and defensive football. Now, that Manchester United lost to Brighton is not in itself significant, as any team in the Premier League can beat any other one. It was the manner of the defeat. Brighton seemed to play with more passion and more desire. Brighton seemed to have a clear game plan. Manchester United seem to have neither. Manchester United have five international centre-backs, but frankly, none of them looks good enough. And I have to say that the Ivorian Eric Bailly looked very shaky and conceded a crucial penalty against Brighton in a situation where he simply didn't need to make the tackle. Mourinho has been unsuccessful in the transfer window compared to the other top clubs. Despite finishing second in the league last season, many supporters feel that the team under Mourinho has actually not improved. Mourinho's demeanour is often very negative, complaining, criticising referees, and there are now persistent rumours that he's fallen out with his star signing, Paul Pogba. But step back for a moment. Let's not forget that Jose Mourinho has been an amazingly successful manager. He won the Champions League with Porto, again with Inter Milan. We now think of Chelsea as a great and successful team, but when Mourinho went there first, they had not won the Premier League for 50 years, and he immediately won it twice in succession. He came to Manchester United with a proven track record, but for all that, he did seem to me a strange choice. Because Manchester United have this reputation of playing attractive football and Mourinho for dour, dull, defensive football, it didn't seem an easy fit. But I think the problem for Manchester United is this. Alex Ferguson was manager for 26 seasons. His successor, David Moyes, lasted less than one. Louis van Gaal, two seasons. Jose Mourinho has now got two seasons. And I think were the Manchester United board to fire him, that would be three managers fired in under four years, or indeed four if you count the temporary manager, Ryan Giggs. So for that reason, I think Manchester United will not fire Mourinho in the foreseeable future.
0: Right, and uh, leaders Manchester City play away to Wolves this Saturday following a thumping 6-1 win over Huddersfield last weekend.
4: Uh, yes, Steve. Manchester City certainly looked impressive, beating Huddersfield Town six-one. But what I thought was very significant was that their new signing Riyad Mahrez was not in the starting eleven and only came on as a substitute when City were four-one up. And that is a sign for Mahrez that being an outstanding player does not guarantee you a place in the Manchester City starting lineup. Liverpool beat Crystal Palace. 2-0 with three African players prominent. Sadio Mane from Senegal scored. The Egyptian Moussa won a penalty, albeit with a very theatrical fall to the ground. It was also my first look at their new signing, Naby Keita from Guinea, and I thought he looked as if he could be a real asset to Liverpool. I just want to pay tribute to AFC Bournemouth, who on points are top equal in the Premier League. Now, if you go back to 2009, when Eddie Howe became manager for the first time, Bournemouth were 91st out of 92 league clubs. They're now first equal. What an amazing achievement for Eddie Howe, the manager. Just want to finish, Steve, by commenting on the fact that the Premier League is not using VAR this season and in the last weekend there was a lot of controversy particularly over red cards and a bit of inconsistency really. Jamie Vardy of Leicester City got a red card for a reckless tackle as did Ivor Hayden of Newcastle while Will Hughes of Watford seemed to get a yellow card for a very similar tackle. Basaka for Crystal Palace got a red card for a last Man tackle and Mosala, but it was very questionable whether it was a clear goal scoring opportunity. And Kennedy for Newcastle blatantly kicked an opponent off the ball and the officials missed it. I wonder, you know, if we will come to regret the decision not to use VAR this year.
0: Yes, well, interesting. Well, thanks very much to Stuart Weir in the UK. Uh, Finally on Planet Sport Football Africa this week, the show brought to you by Passion for Sport, we go to an interview from our archives with Samuel Osei-Kufour, the former Ghana and Bayern Munich defender, who you might be familiar with these days as a football analyst on Supersport TV. Kufour played for Bayern Munich in Germany for 11 seasons, making 175 appearances and winning the UEFA Champions League in 2001 and finishing runners-up in 1999. Kufour won the BBC African Footballer of the Year Award in 2001. He made 59 appearances for the Ghana senior team and became the youngest Olympic football medalist of all time, winning bronze in 1992 at the age of 15 at the Olympics. Well, in this in-depth interview with Erasmus Quao in Accra, Kufor talks about his faith, the ups and downs in his life, including the death of his young daughter who tragically drowned in 2003. Well, Erasmus spoke to Kufor in his office on the seventh floor of a large building that Kufor owns in central Accra. And in this first part, Kufor told Erasmus about his humble beginnings in life and how it contrasts with where he is now.
1: For me... Being a lastborn born of the family, having three sisters with my mother was a hardship, you know, from the beginning. You have to go through a lot. Um, we were living in an uncompleted house without any door. You know, it was a very tough from the upbringing and a lot of people know my story. So it became very difficult for me, for my sisters to accept that I want to play football. But I didn't have any... Any feeling going to school, I want to go out there on the street and play football so people try to dash me money and so on and so forth, but my mama has a faith in me, you know she said to me, "Leave him alone, let him do whatever that pleases him. So my sisters were always fighting with my mother why he is the only boy in the family? He has to go to school, We want him to become a lawyer, a doctor, whatever it is. My mom always stayed behind me and said, "No, leave him alone." let him do whatever pleases him. So for my mom to tell this, and I I think I have to prove a point to my sisters, that whatever that you set your eyes on, you know, with the faith behind, you can achieve your goal. Because it comes to a point that I have to play football. And I was playing for the national team under 17. It became very tough for me, because I didn't have a football shoe. So my mom, that was the first time I saw my mom lying to my sisters. You know, it was a very pay- a painful thing because she said to my sisters, uh, the TV is with the repairers, but I carried the TV on my hair with my mom. We went to some place and give the TV to somebody and get the money so my mom can give me the money to buy a football shoe. And after that, my mom told the whole area neighbors that today, Sammy was going a go. It's not about, you know, sometimes we have a feeling Sometimes God spoke to us, but we don't appreciate what he is telling us. So my mom said to the neighbors, and God so good, I called, go for Ghana, and we get the money, so I have to buy another TV, a bigger one to replace what we sold. So, you know, that's why, like I said before, nothing happened by accident. It's a reason and purpose. God knows why it happened like that. So in my faith, I always believe in him. You know, I always go down on my knees and pray to get strength, knowledge, to get ability to extend myself to the world. But me doing that, it's not just a simple thing. You have to go through a lot. People may doubt you from so many angles. Even when I went to Germany, I think my first game in Germany with Bayern Munich against Stuttgart, I was praying in the dressing room. I just hold my jersey and I go down my knees and I was praying in the small corner. So all the players, you know, the white people, they just came and said, wow, look at what he's doing. And I was... So good that day because God knows my heart. God has prepared something for me. Maybe I didn't know how much he has prepared for me. But for me to go down on my knees and pray and let people know that I was praying to God, that thing alone was OK for me. Because then now, later, a lot of players become also a friend of mine. So maybe I share a word of God with them. But they are laughing. They are doing those, And I think it's a funny thing. Fine. Let's give God a chance to come into your life and see what God can do for you. There was one Brazilian, he was very, very Christian. That was Jorginho, and then Paulo Sergio was also very Christian. C. Roberto was also very Christian. Those were the Brazilians. So for me, God has been amazing since the one that I stepped my, uh, my, my eyes in Germany.
3: Sami, I just want to take you back. Um, you said your mom had faith and believed in you, that you were going to be something or you were going to do something great right from the beginning. So she always backed you, even when your sisters were against it. Can you tell us more about her faith and her belief in Jesus Christ?
1: Well, my mom, I grew up in a Christian home. I always go to church, uh, there's assemblies of God. There's the church that I was born in. So I always go to the sco- uh, Sunday school and I have a paper that I have to show to my grandmother that I go to the Sunday school. Otherwise, they won't give me a food because my grandmother wants me to go to church. Instead of going play football in the morning, she said, go to church, and then after that church, you go to play your football. But I was a bit, a bit stubborn, a young boy. I really want to go out there and play football instead of going to church. So it was a different way. But my mom always had a faith in me. She was bold enough to sell a TV that we, all, our family, watching the, in the evening and give you the money. So that means he has the faith in you.
3: And what about your father? Was he around then?
1: No, my father was nowhere to be found. My father was in Canada, you know, and I don't blame him for anything. Maybe he went to bring the best to the family and it was, his best wasn't enough. So huh, I can't just say that I hate my father for that. No, I love my father for that. Why? Could be, maybe if my father would be around, I will not be strong enough. To get what I was today, so or where I am today, so I think it brings me joy when I say this. Nothing happened by accident; it's a reason and purpose.
3: Sammy, can you relate a little bit more to the challenges and you know things you had to go through as a young boy in Kumasi? Okay. For instance, I remember a point in time you told me you were a shoe shine boy, a yeah. cabler, you know, yeah. going the streets just to yeah. try and make money. How was life like?
1: Well, I think. Uh, like we, we, we rightfully said that my father was nowhere to be found. You know, my mother was a single mother with four children. My mother would just wake up early in the morning and go to do a job. So my sisters, three of them have to also carry Maury and go and sell them. But I, as a boy, I have to carry my shank box and go to house to house and sham people's shoes before I go to school. And some of the uh, people that I sham their shoes, we all go to the same school and also the same class. How
3: did it feel when when you see them?
1: Well, if I see them now, I feel great, because it tells you the beginning is not important, but the end is important. And then some of the two guys that I used to go to their house and shine their shoes, I saw them eating every morning, but they never invite me to eat with them, because I come from four sides. But when the Bible tells you that don't look at the people who look down upon you, you have to look up to yourself and get a faith in yourself and believe yourself that God can do 10 things around. If God turns this around, nobody can say no to that. So for me, struggling in the in the early stage was better for me. I prefer to struggle in the early stage than to struggle in the old days. Now I'm having the life of my world. So I think, you know what, i never been in university, but now I'm in the life of university. God has been amazing to me if I said... He hasn't done it, then I don't know what I'm talking about. He has done an amazing thing for
3: me.
0: Well, that's Samuel Osei-Kufor, the former Ghana and Bayern Munich defender, talking to Erasmus Kouel in an interview from our archives. Next week, in the second part, kufour tells us about the heartbreak of losing the 1999 UEFA Champions League final to Manchester United. Well, that's it for the show for this week. But on social media, we're asking for your views. Is it time for Jose Mourinho to go? Manchester United fans were disappointed with the loss to Brighton last weekend. Some are saying that Mourinho should leave. And there's plenty of criticism about the way that his team is playing. So what do you think? Should the coach go? Or will things work out for Mourinho at Man United? you can go to our facebook page planet sport football africa and post a comment there or send us a whatsapp to +447955232780 that's +447955232780 from me, Steve Vickers in Harare from Solomon Ashoms in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.